Where do we go from here? Let's talk about that. Good morning, Panthers fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Daily Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Wes Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me on another beautiful Tuesday. I hope you all have a wonderful day, a wonderful week. And just this is a space of positivity and wonderment. And I am just so excited to be a Panthers. Okay, no. This sucks right now. <laughs> it sucks. I, I, yeah, no, um, this is one of the lowest points as a Panthers fan to this point. We are 0-3. I haven't seen us play this, well, maybe not even bad. I don't even know. We'll get into all the details, but this is like Jimmy Clausen era, except we don't have a first round pick to get Cam Newton the next year, but you know, it is what it is. Let me just go ahead and round out all of the negative thoughts and all of the positive thoughts and just roll them into one so we can get these out of the way so you can know what I'm not going to be talking about today. Okay, so as far as the negative fans go, we've got uh, Frank Reich needs to be fired. We've got a hero of Barrow needs to be fired. we got everybody needs to be fired. Uh, David Tepper needs to sell the team. Uh, also connected to the South Carolina incident. Um, why can't David Tepper just buy us wins like he buys everything else? He's going to run this franchise into the ground. And then you've got Frank Reich needs to hand over play calling duties to Thomas Brown. Uh, you've got the O-line camp lock. And um, usually the defense comes out pretty unscathed outside of C.J. Henderson. He usually gets the ire of everyone else. So that's, oh, we don't have our first round pick next year. Did I say that? Colts fans are laughing at us. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that I got most of them. But if there's any more, please let me know. And then on the positive side, we're only three games in. Um, give Frank Reich a chance. It's only been three games. Mostly centered around the fact that it's only been three games. Oh, and Bryce Young's a bust on the negatives. And then on the positives, Bryce Young has only been playing for two games. And then on the negatives, Bryce Young's faking his ankle injury. He lacks toughness. And then on the positive side, it's only been two games. He was a Heisman Trophy winner. And look how bad Alabama is without him. And blah, 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 blah. So we've got all these positive people, all these negative people. And all the real fans wondering what Tim Bianca Patuka is up to these days. So, Tim, if you're listening to this, which I know you're not, but if someone knows him, I did hear someone dropped off Italian at his house once, and I think that he's on Reddit. So, Tim, if you're listening to this, me and my brother used to be obsessed with you because we thought your name was funny. I'm not going to lie. We were like 10 at the time, and it was just fun to say your name. I was looking in the past, probably like five or ten years ago, and I was misremembering how we were saying it, and I was looking for a guy named Bianca and the last name Patuka. So I was looking, like I was Googling Bianca Patuka Panthers and could not find anything. And then finally, Google was like, hey, idiot, do you mean Tim Bianca Patuka? So, yeah, I apologize for that. But you were one of my favorite players growing up even though you 
weren't like a huge deal or anything. Your name alone. You're on the all name team for sure. What a fun name to say. I bet he's a nice guy. I don't know. He could be a serial killer for all I know. But that's all the positives, all the negatives, everything in the middle. And oh, and we have poor coaching because of penalties. We are now the most penalized team in the NFL. Yeah, we're leading in something. Congratulations, everyone. I hope you're all happy about that. So uh, we lost to the Seahawks by 10. The spread was like six. I've heard this isn't like confirmed. It's kind of like beyond a reasonable doubt in the courtroom. No one will ever tell you exactly what beyond a reasonable doubt means as far as a judge goes, because there's just too much at stake there. That's kind of how I feel with these lines at Vegas, where they're like, we'll never tell you exactly what goes into it, but just know that we don't lose money that much. So I think it was five and a half or six, and I think home field advantage is worth three. Their home field advantage has got to be worth like four. I could not imagine Bank of America looking like that. That would be so fun. But I guess most places don't look like that. Whatever. Anyway, so we lost by 10, so we did not cover the spread. And I'm not sure we've covered the spread all year. I don't know what the line was against the Saints, so maybe we covered it against them. We probably shouldn't have, but we got that kind of last-minute touchdown where the Saints were playing pretty soft coverage. So we went against the Seahawks this week, did not cover the spread, lost by double digits. We pretty much should have lost all these games by double digits at this point, I guess. But there's just some things that need to be mentioned. First of all, the Seahawks do play a lot of zone, and their secondary is not great. Secondly, they did have a lot of injuries, but so did we. So it's kind of a wash. We might be one of the most injured teams in the NFL. I tried to look it up, and eventually they put out like that stat where it's like, how many starts has this team lost to injury? And at one point, we lost, I think we've lost like eight or nine starters at this point. If you go through the list, we've lost, if we go position by position, so quarterback Bryce Young was hurt, running back Miles Sanders was hurt for a bit there. I think he went back in the game after that. Wide receiver LaVisca Chenault has been hurt. DJ Chark has been hurt. He appears to be mostly healthy. I think he was on a snap count last week anyway. And then Demir Bird, he was out for the season. We have uh, linemen. We are missing Brady Christensen for the season. Austin Corbett for four games. So we only have three of our five starting linemen. Tight end room has remained relatively unscathed as far as we know. And then as far as defensive linemen go, uh, we lost... Um, Oh my gosh, I can't think of it right now, but we lost Shaq Thompson, we lost Frankie Louvu, uh, we lost, um, oh my gosh, JC Horn, we lost Xavier Woods, uh, oh, Jonathan Mingo was out with a concussion, I can't even keep up with all these guys, so we lost key guys, uh, and someone mentioned that we lost like the most important guys at key positions, but we haven't. We haven't lost the most important guys. Derek Brown and Brian Burns are both relatively uninjured. Brian Burns is hurt. He isn't injured. He was limping off the field 
I don't I didn't see him limp off the field against the Seahawks, so I don't know if he was hurt or not in that context. But either way, we've lost a lot of guys to injuries, and we already aren't a deep team. That's what it comes down to, honestly. It's twofold. It's really one leads to the other. We went into this season. You can go back. One of my podcasts is literally named The Depth Chart Looks Shallow. I don't know what number it is. You can go back in my lineup and find it. But that's where I made the point that we were not a deep team. So if we start to get injured, it's going to get ugly quickly. And I've mentioned on this podcast before, the difference between good teams and great teams or even bad teams and good teams is not how great they can be. It's how much margin for error that they have, how much wiggle room they have. If they make a mistake, how much is it going to impact the bottom line? Say a team like the Chiefs, they can afford to be behind by 10 points in the fourth quarter because they can come back. The Panthers have lost, I think, 58 games in a row where they were losing in the fourth quarter at some point. I think I will have to fact check that, but I'm pretty sure that is the statistic. So our margin for error is clearly very small. That's the difference between good and great teams is the margin for error. How many mistakes can you afford to make and still win the game? With the Panthers, it feels like every single drive is like mission critical where if we do not score on this drive, we are going to lose the game. And at the beginning of the game, it always seems to start out the same where our defense is stout. We make a run at them. Maybe we get a field goal. Maybe we go up 7-3. to It seems like every game has started out similarly like that. And we've been leading in the first half in every single game. And we have lost every single game. So we're not as far away as a lot of people may believe or seem to think. We've led at, in every game at this point. So if you put it like that, it doesn't sound like we're that far away. Now I know what I see with my eyes. And I tried to not watch the game on Sunday. I truly did. I know that might make me not a true fan or whatever. I went to Boone. Because I thought the game was at 1 legitimately. I forgot that the West Coast games are always at 4. But I got back home just in time to watch it. So I did. I did watch Andy Dalton sling the rock 58 times. And I don't want to hear another word out of people saying we are running the ball too much. I can't believe we're running the ball up the middle. Obviously, we, <laughs> we're not running the ball much. Because we threw it 50 eight times we're never going to win throwing it 58 times especially with Andy Dalton he threw for 361 yards with an average of 6.22 touchdowns no picks so we found a way to lose that game give up 37 points and I don't think we turned the ball over I don't think we turned the ball over at all and we got a turnover and we still lost the game by 10 points and allowed 37 points. Deion Jones, good on you, man. That was a fantastic break. I assumed it was Kamu Grugier Hill, but it was not. It was Deion Jones. But also, I just want to address, too, IOYGM and Apology. He looked nice. He was getting pressure. Yes, he was going against probably their backup line or third string. I don't know. But 
I mean, that's something. And they were holding every play. Oh, my God. You're, you cannot tell me that the Seattle Seahawks can block that well and not hold. Yet we get called for every single little thing. Also, the penalties, we all know the penalties are a problem. Okay? They are a major problem. We got 13 penalties for 82 yards. But the Seahawks had the same amount of penalties as us, believe it or not. Believe it or not. Not number. But yardage, they had 8 penalties for 82 yards. We had 13 penalties for 82 yards. Time of possession, identical. Turnovers, we won. The turnover battle. But we cannot run the ball. I think we had 3 yards of rush. Miles Sanders looks slow. Our line is not opening up any holes. The only person who can sneak through is LaVisca Chenault. Miles Sanders got nine carries for 2.7 yards each. Andy Dalton had two <laughs> carries for 11 yards. LaVisca Chenault had two carries for seven yards. Chuba Hubbard, one carry for two yards. I don't know why Chuba's in the doghouse, but we got to get that together. Adam Thielen had 11 receptions for 145 yards. I hope that guy from the QB school watches that game and shuts his mouth about Adam Thielen. When you get results, you get results, period. And Adam Thielen gets results. I wouldn't pick him up on fantasy because I think that he was taking advantage of soft zone coverage. Adam Thielen's a crafty veteran. He's got a good mind, and he knows how to play the game. He's not going to wow you with his physicals. He's not a physical specimen, but he knows how to play the game, and he knows where to get, and he knows those spots to get in. That's where someone like Jonathan Mingo is severely lacking, where he's got the physical traits, but he just can't figure out the intentionality of movements, how to settle down in a zone, where the zone is soft, leverage, those types of things, those crafty veteran attributes that Jonathan Mingo just doesn't possess right now. And he's a rookie, he is, but he need, Adam Thielen needs to coach him up or something. I'm sure he has been, but Adam Thielen was targeted 11 times and came down with 14 catches. That's insane. That target-to-catch ratio is great. I don't think he had any drops either. They don't show that in the box score. But And after watching the game, I don't remember him having any drops. Terrace Marshall, I don't know what he's doing, man. I don't know what's going on. It's going to be time to cut bait with him after this year. Another disappointing wide receiver come to the Carolina Panthers. If you really think about it, the most talented receivers we've ever had, Steve Smith, Moose, that's about it. They're in a tier of their own. Greg Olson, even though he's a tight end, probably in the top three greatest receivers we have had. Ricky Prohl might be up there, but he's not like elite. Anyone outside of Panthers fans probably don't know who Ricky Prohl is. Maybe a, a small subset of people. And Ricky Pro was a baller when he played, but Keyshawn Johnson, but when we had him, he was kind of on the back end of his career. My dad hated Keyshawn Johnson. <laughs> but I, yeah, we struggle with receivers. We do. We really do. Jonathan Mingo's been looking rough. He had a couple more drops. Terrace Marshall had a drop or two. Tommy Trimble, I don't really see him hanging around too long but 
yeah, I think LaVisca Chenault has looked good. And I mentioned a few weeks ago that LaVisca or DJ Chark should be returning kicks or punts because, I mean, what do they got to lose? It's a contract year. We need to use them in as many places as possible. And look, wouldn't you know it, LaVisca Chenault, not the fastest guy in the room, but he is being used on kickoff return, and he returned one to the 32-yard line. And I think that was the only time he even tried to return it four yards deep in our own end zone, which was a great return. I think if you looked at his return stats, they would probably be up there with anyone else in the league outside of those guys who have returned a kickoff or punt return for a touchdown. The NFL has gotten what they want with that one. They've neutered the return game. It's not dangerous anymore, but it's also not exciting anymore. It's kind of just a formality at this point. The off chance that a guy does return a kickoff for a touchdown, it is an exciting time, but it's very rare. It's mostly just defensive touchdowns. Now, if you play fantasy football, rarely ever does a special team touchdown mean that your special teams actually scored a touchdown. It's usually the defense who has done so. So, you know, it is what it is. That's the way it's always been. It's always just getting safer and more boring because they know. They're like, honestly, y'all will watch football no matter what. It's the casual fans that they have to appeal to. And that's why college football has so many commercials right now because they know that those dedicated fans are going to watch no matter what. But yeah, the kickoff return, one return for 37 yards, great. Amir Smith-Marset had... Two returns for negative three yards. He's not the answer. We need to find someone else. I don't know what happened to Blackshear. I don't know why he's not dressing. They have not given us any information on that. But, yeah, Pinheiro missed his first kick in a while. Basically since, actually not basically, since the game against the Falcons in which he missed the game winner and he missed one in overtime. Or he missed the, well, I guess not the game winner. Well, it was, but the extra point. And then he missed the kick in overtime as well. And then Johnny Hecker had a 49-yard average, 3 in the 20. Johnny Hecker is the one of the greatest punters in the history of the game. He's amazing. So we play the 0-3 Vikings next week. I don't see us getting our first win then. I don't see us getting our first win against the Lions or the Dolphins. So don't be surprised if we start this game or start this season 0-6. But also don't be surprised if we sneak one or two out there. We could potentially sneak one or two out. We could go against the Dolphins, come out of this thing two and four. Two and four was my prediction to start the season. I thought we would have at least one win by now. We do not. So I very well could be wrong. But you got to stick with your prediction. That's no fun. You got to ride this thing out. We got three more games. We can beat the Vikings. We can. They are not that good. Their offense is okay. They're Offensive line is not good. Their skill positions are very good. But the offensive line is bad. And the defense is suspect. And then you've got the Lions, who it's a little bit of the same thing. They've kind of started to figure it out on defense as well. They're actually doing very well this season. But we can beat them as well. The Dolphins, they're one of the best teams in the NFL, as we saw from this past week. And how great was it? I was like... Honestly, being a Panthers fan sucks right now, but Sean Payton just got beat by 50 points. That made me smile. The good Lord was looking down on me at that moment and said, you've suffered much, my child. Here is a 70-point blowout, or I guess 50-point blowout for Sean Payton to suck it. 
Oh my god, he's so annoying. First he came in and got traded for a first and second round pick. And then he tried to imply that Nathaniel Hackett was the reason that this was such a mess. And then he threw Russell Wilson under the bus and said it out, that it was his fault. And he's also quoted as saying that the NFL needs the lottery system for teams to get people like Caleb Williams. And then he's just said a whole bunch of stuff. And I think that now he's getting to eat his words. And he looks like a fool in front of the whole country. And I'm so glad that he is able to do that. Because one, it takes the pressure off the Panthers. Because between the Bears and the Broncos, we are not the worst team in the NFL. Or at least not the messiest. And Sean Payton is trash. And I'm so glad everyone else is seeing that Drew Brees was the one who carried his butt to a Super Bowl, and Sean Payton was not that good of a coach all along, potentially. I don't know for sure. I kind of wanted the Panthers to pick up Sean Payton. I hated him, but I treat my head coach like I treat my president. I don't have to like them. I just want them to do well. And I was prepared to have Sean Payton in here, me hate him, and then also enjoy winning. But the Broncos suck worse than us, potentially. I mean, very, very clearly could suck more than us I'm terrified of this game we've got in three weeks against the Dolphins but you know we'll worry about that in three weeks if we're 0 and 5 but I think we could pull one out against the Vikings and the Lions and go to 2 and 3 and really make this thing interesting everyone else in the NFC South lost as well last week not that it really matters we're not making the playoffs anyway but getting Bryce Young back could be the answer could be the next step Andy Dalton did look good. We have a very serviceable backup at this point. Could they be faking Bryce Young's injury? I doubt it. Um, but, you know, if they were going to pull a guy for a game, again, in a tough environment, Seattle would be the place to do it. So now that we are done with that and we're going back home to watch the Vikings, I'm trying to get tickets. It'll be a lot calmer for him in Bank of America. It'll be like half empty, and he'll be able to hear all the play calls. There'll be a good bit of Vikings fans there. It'll be a good mix. But it'll be nice to see him back home for the Panthers, and hopefully we'll be able to get the play call and keep the armband. That's what I'm saying. The armband worked out great. You were getting the play call in with like 22 seconds left, and I was watching the Rams too and they were getting the play call in a little bit later than I guess I thought but it just seems like when we get the play call in later we're scrambling a little bit but against the Seahawks we were getting it in with like 22 seconds left 20 seconds left on the play clock and not like 12 or 15 seconds left and also I want y'all to give some credit to Frank Reich y'all want to talk about his play calling and then when there's a busted coverage you want to credit it to the busted coverage it's like you know why the coverage busted right Got the play call. It was a confusing play call for the defense. It was made to get open like that. He gave credit to Parks Frazier and Thomas Brown. But if you're the one calling the plays, you get the back, the blowback, and you get the credit. And that was good credit to you. I don't think our offense looked terrible. They had some great moments. They scored 27 points. If you score 27 points in the NFL, you expect to at least be close to winning. We were not even close to winning. Our defense really could not stop anyone. The Seahawks were running all over us. 
How many yards did they even get? They got 279 yards passing, 425 total yards. Six yards per play. 146 yards rushing. That was the big difference right there. And they ran the ball 33 times for an average of 4.4 yards per rush. It's never a good thing if the other team could run the ball twice and essentially get a first down. So that's, yeah, that's that's not good. And then we had a couple of their runs called back. I swear, those refs picked up so many flags that were against the Seahawks. I could not believe it. We never got any flags picked up, but they got flags galore. It was crazy. <laughs> they also had, I know that I mentioned that we had the same amount of flags, but they also had a couple of flags where it was like multiple flags for different things on the same play. It was like the refs were like, okay, we got to keep this somewhat even, so we're going to throw three flags on this one, and then no flags on the other one for an average of one and a half flags, when in reality, it's you only count one flag. But yeah, it was a it was a rough time in, in the Seahawks stadium. Lots of penalties, lots of problems, but some bright spots. I would say I'm neither more or less worried than I was after the Saints game. I feel the same about this team as I did before. We don't have enough enough depth and we're facing injuries. And we already had a talent deficit on the roster. The thing I'm most upset about right now, um, if I had to pick maybe two things per side of the ball. Number one, on offense, we can't run the ball right now. We, we, can, we have no run game. So we got to figure out if it's Miles Sanders, if it's LaVisca Chenault. You can't keep saying after every game we want to get LaVisca Chanel or whoever involved and then continue to not do so. That's just lip service. And then number two, the line. They've got to block better. We got to figure something out. We got to figure out a scheme. We've got to move the pocket. We've got to run the well, we can't run the ball more effectively. Those two kind of go ahead and hand in hand. If you're throwing the ball 58 times, you those defensive linemen just have the right to tee off. They're like, all right, you're passing the ball. I'm going full steam ahead. I don't have to respect the run at all so that's two things from the offense two things from the defense number one we got to stop the run got to be able to run the ball got to be able to stop them from running the ball that's number one number two we got to have some guys step up some backups dj johnson's got to get in the game at some point he's been a healthy scratch for three games in a row i'm gonna go through scott fitterer's picks one episode and just see where they all are now but essentially, we traded DJ Johnson for, I think, third and fourth that we got in the Christian McCaffrey trade. So half of Christian McCaffrey is DJ Johnson. That's not okay with me. We got to figure this out. If it's DJ Johnson or someone else, we got to get some depth in there that can play the ball. Troy Hill does not look like the answer. CJ Henderson, we know, is not the answer. Sam Franklin looked good. I'll give Sam Franklin credit. He He's not going to necessarily make any game-saving plays on the ball, but he was in the right spot at the right time. He was fast. He was making decisions quickly. I thought he looked fine, considering all things considered, that he probably wasn't even supposed to be in the game at any point. He looked fine. Von Bell looked good. C.J. Henderson didn't look terrible. Troy Hill, eh. Our defensive backs look like they're running the routes whenever the quarterback scrambles. 
and he was running towards the sideline. So I don't know what's going on with that. But all in all, I am very whelmed. I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not underwhelmed. I'm whelmed. I have threatened to end my fanhood and hope that David Tepper relocates the team so I can be an Eagles or a Chiefs fan. But I'm here. I'm still here. We're loving every minute of it. (laughs) So we'll continue to be whelmed. All right. I'll talk to you all tomorrow. See you. Peace.